Praise God, praise God. I tell you that that old song, you know, one generation sings it this way and another generation sings the same truth. Are you listening to me? In a different way, but it's the same truth. We've heard that. If you've been paying attention, we've heard that this morning. Glory be to God forever. I want you to turn in your Bible with me to Numbers chapter 23. Numbers chapter 23. And I see it's already on the screen. <laughs> so we'll just go ahead and read it. Amen. Praise God forever. You've been standing for a while. I'm going to let you stay seated if that's all right and doesn't offend anybody. But let me just say this before we begin. How blessed you are in this church. I don't know how many times we've been here, but several. And I, I just see growth and growth. Uh, more growth every time that we come. And, uh, you know, you you are so blessed. I'm not saying this to win any uh, contest. I just feel like I need to say it. How blessed you are that Sean and Angie are your pastors. That's exactly right. And I just want to uh, tell you, make sure that you're good to them. Don't let word get home get home to me that you've not been good to them that's exactly right and uh, we love them we love Shelby and and even Abby I told her I said my lord if I'd have met you on downtown on the street I wouldn't have even known who you were I mean we've been a part of their lives since they were little bitty things I mean, I don't know where the time has gone. That's what happens when you get older. Come on, somebody. You know it's the truth. I'm joking a lot about getting old, but I'm not, I'm not uh, crazy. I'm not senile. I know, you know, everybody's getting old. I said everybody, every one of us. And, uh, you know, it just when you get to where we are in our life, you look back and you think, my Lord, where in the world did this? How did I get here? Where did the time go? Well, when you've been busy serving the Lord, there's another old song that I sing from time to time. I just can't let go of it. And the title is, I've got too much to gain to lose. Too much to gain to lose. And one of the lines... That in that I love in that song is there's too many treasures waiting me over yonder. And I, I'm not talking about streets of gold, gates of pearl. I'm not talking about the beautiful mansions. I'm talking about people that I've known and loved that are now in the presence of the Lord waiting on us to get there. I said one of the worst things about getting older is you start losing people you've known and loved all your life. Losing them from your presence, but we know where they are. Come on, somebody. Say amen. Numbers chapter 23. God is not a man that he should lie. Neither the son of man that he should repent. 
Hath he said, and shall he not do it? <laughs> hath he said, and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken, and shall he not make it good? Now let me just throw this in here. Last Sunday was Easter. One of the things that has bothered me for many, many years is that in so many uh, churches and so many times, the only time we ever talk about the resurrection of the Lord is on Easter Sunday. Let me tell you something. He's alive every day. And if he's not alive, you and I are in pitiful, pitiful shape. Come on, somebody. So I'm going to share with you. When, you, when I get my title out, you'll understand why I'm saying this. But Matthew 28, you probably heard this maybe last week. The angel answered the women, said to the women that came to the tomb. And he said, fear ye not, for I know that you seek Jesus. Watch this. Jesus, which was crucified, he is not here. Listen, for he is risen as he said. As he said, Numbers chapter 23, our text, it said, uh, has he said and shall he not do it? Right. And I've come this morning to tell you, this is my, the title of my message, that God's son, Jesus, he has done what he said he would do. Hallelujah. <laughs> and then my wife was telling me she had been reading just a couple of days ago in uh, Acts chapter 27. It's the story of, of, of Paul. He's on his way to, to Rome. He's get just, just about there, but there's a tremendous storm. I trust you know what happened to them. He, uh, he was shipwrecked on Malta for I, I don't know how many uh, months. But before the wreck ever happened, they knew they were in trouble and they were fearing for their life. And Paul says to them something like this in Acts chapter 27 and verse number 25. <laughs> he said, in essence, we're all going to be just fine. Because I choose to believe that God is going to do what he said he was going to do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you this morning for your presence. We ask you, Lord, for your anointing. And just let your presence permeate this atmosphere and we'll give you the glory in Jesus' name. He said he would do it as they looked at a tomb that was empty. He said that he was going to do it and he is risen as he said, can I just remind you, I, uh, there's a lot of pastor still buried down deep inside of me. And I just feel like I need to say this this morning that the resurrection of Jesus is the absolute cornerstone doctrine of the faith. Everything that we believe about redemption about holiness, the forgiveness of sin, the righteousness of God, everything, eternal life in itself. It is all based upon the fact that Jesus was resurrected from the dead because the word of God 
tells us in so many ways, so many different ways, that if he did not have a resurrection, then everything that you and I believe this morning crumbles under our feet. Oh, yeah, listen to what Paul said to the Corinthian church. He said, if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is in vain. Our faith is in vain. He said, and if Christ is not risen, your faith is futile. What does that mean? It means it's worthless. It's, it, it, it's folly. It's just, it's just not real. If you are still in your sins... It's because Christ didn't rise from the dead. But can I tell you this morning, I've come to Corbin, Kentucky to tell you he is alive. Our faith is not in vain. I said our faith is not futile. His atoning death did provide forgiveness for our sins. It provided us a right standing with God. It provided us eternal life. You and me both. And his intercession for us is effective. At the beginning of his ministry, Jesus went into the temple in Jerusalem. He did this at his, the last days of his earthly ministry, but in the beginning he did this. He drove the money changers and those that asked the changers to change their money and give them the proper sacrifice, those men that came to worship. And the Jews asked Jesus because he turned over the money changers' tables. The Jews were not one bit happy. That shouldn't surprise you. But listen, John chapter 2, they asked Jesus, they said, what sign do you show to us since you do these things? In other words, they were saying, what right or what claim do you make that you can do this and then turn around and tell us what to do? Listen to Jesus' response to them. He said, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. The Jews answered to him, are you kidding, man? Are you out of your mind? Now, I know that's not King Jimmy. <clears throat> but they said to him, they said, it has taken us 46 years to build this temple. And will you raise it up in three days? Don't miss this. John chapter 2 and verse 21 said, but he was speaking of the temple of his body. And then when he had risen from the dead, don't miss this, his disciples remembered what? He said to them. Are you getting what I'm telling you this morning? What he said. <laughs> oh, my Lord. And the, the Bible said he believed that they believed the scriptures and they believed the words that Jesus had said to them. Everything would have been nullified if his claim had not been for real. And in, 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 in reality, and listen, but we can believe every word this morning that he said. Oh, you didn't hear what I said. 
I'll tell you why I'm here this morning telling you this. Because I guarantee you there are some of us that are sitting in this building today. And that we're dependent with every part of our being on what God has already told us he was going to do. I've come to tell you, to encourage you this morning, that you and I can believe every word that he has said to us. We can cling to every promise that he has made to us. Why? Because all you have to do is look at everything that he said he was going to do, and he's done it. Oh, yeah. Now, the list is exhausting. I mean, there's no way I can give you everything. I had to limit every, everything down to just a, a, a few statements. But let me, let me just throw this at you this morning. Number one, I just want to remind you of something that he said. He said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. <laughs> oh, my Lord, listen to me. In John chapter 3, Nicodemus and Jesus had a, a, a meeting, and Jesus was telling Nicodemus, can I remind you of who Nicodemus is? He is a, a, a leader in the temple. I mean, he studied the scriptures. Are you listening to me? Yes, he did. He studies the, studied the scriptures. But Jesus is having a conversation with him. And a man who is digging into the scriptures, Jesus says to that man, you must be born again. Well, let me go on. In the next chapter of John's book, Jesus is tired and he's sitting on the well, Jacob's well. In Samaria. And the woman. That we call the woman. The, uh, the, the Samaritan woman. She comes to draw water. About noontime. Jesus is sitting there. He had said to his disciples. I must needs go through Samaria. How many of you know. It was a divine appointment. Oh yeah. He's sitting there. And, and, and he has a conversation with this woman. This woman is, is totally different from Nicodemus. Nicodemus is a very pious woman. Uh, 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 a man. A very pious religious uh, leader of Israel. Some would say. Are you kidding me? As religious as that man was. Did Jesus say to him. You must be born again. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. You know what that tells me? You can never be too good for your own good. I said you will never get to heaven because you are so good. I'm not knocking Nicodemus down. He was a wonderful man. We know that because we know the end of the story. Yes, we do. But listen, he was a wonderful, wonderful man. A generous man. But how many of you know those things will not save you? Religion will not save you. Oh, but listen. In John chapter 4, Jesus is sitting there on that well and he has that conversation with that woman. And anybody who would understand the contrast between the man that he said, you, you've got to be born again in, ch in chapter 3. And now this woman, they would expect Jesus to say to her, you must be born again. Because of her lifestyle. My Lord, she's been married five times. I'm sorry, I don't mean to throw stones. It's just a fact. 
five times and Jesus told her yes and the man that you are living with now is not your husband. Getting quiet in here, Pastor. What is it? Why would I even bring that up? Because Nicodemus wasn't good enough to be saved. He needed to be saved. He wasn't good enough. And the woman at the well wasn't bad, too bad. Yeah, she had lots of things that were a hindrance in her life. But let me tell you, sir, there is nobody in this town this morning that is too bad to be saved. Too bad for Jesus. No, he won't ignore those people that the world, even the world might look at him and say there's no hope for them. How many of you are glad about that this morning? You see, my Bible said that Jesus said, I will draw, if I am lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. I don't know if you can remember when the drawing power of the Lord, but I look back now. I didn't realize it when I was just a little boy, but from the time I was a very small child, I can see now the drawing power of the Lord Jesus on my life. We lived way out in the middle of the boonies, the woods. We lived practically in the woods. And, and, and as a little boy, I would go up into the woods. There was a big log that a tree had fallen down. And I would go up regularly. I would kneel in front of that log. You know why I did that? Because I heard the old timers talking about going to the woods to pray. You say, Brother Rumble, I wasn't saved then. But there was a drawing in my heart. Come on, somebody. I said there was a drawing. Oh, listen, I, I'll never forget it. <laughs> the, the conviction of the Holy Spirit in those, that little storefront church that I was raised in in Cincinnati. I can remember those saints, my Lord, they sang the glory down. There were a lot of things I look back now and, oh, yeah, there were a lot of things I, I wouldn't put up with today. But you know what? The saints, the old timers that were in that church, they maybe have been ignorant about a lot of things, but they poured Jesus into me. And the Lord drew me unto himself. I remember, I don't know how old I was. I was not very old, maybe seven, eight years old, if, if that and I remember one Sunday morning, I was under conviction so bad. I was raised in church, yet I didn't have a clue of what to do. I just knelt at my seat. I didn't dare. I was afraid to go to the altar. I, I felt almost like young people, children. To, you know, that's for adults. But I knelt at my seat, and I wept, and I cried, and I wept. And I cried and asked the Lord to save me. Now, I realize now the Lord forgave me that very day. Hello? Oh, yeah. But I didn't know what to do. I went home with somebody that afternoon and I backslid. <laughs> You're going to laugh when I tell you. I saw their newspaper was laying there and it was a Sunday and there was colored Comics, funny papers. You all don't know what you miss being raised in a holiness atmosphere. 
some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. I, I didn't, I didn't know, you know, that that wasn't wrong. I, I looked at it, I read some of it, and I felt so bad. <laughs> I knew I hadn't been saved. <laughs> years later, when I was about 13 years old, I'll never forget that Sunday afternoon at uh, Dryden Road Pentecostal Church in Dayton, Ohio. Special service with a man named Ronald Coyne. I don't have time to go into all of that, but Ronald had a tremendous miracle. Of the Lord gave him vision when he lost his eyeball. He had a, a glass eye, and he could see through that glass eye. Take the glass eye out. He could still see through the socket. I was fascinated. I listened to his miracle. And then he, you know, he, everybody calmed down and he got in the pulpit and he preached the gospel. I was under conviction so bad and I didn't know what in the world to do with it. I was in a new church, a different church, a strange church. Oh, but listen to me. I'm telling you the presence of the Lord. It was his faithfulness. It was his his goodness, that's what the word, running after me. I, that's the drawing power of the Lord. He's running after me. He wanted somebody like me. And listen to me this morning. If you are here and you've never given your heart and your life to God, when you get in services like we've had this morning, you can sense that drawing of the Holy Spirit, the convicting power. That doesn't mean that you're going to jail, being convicted. The Holy Spirit convicting us, it simply means he convinces us that we have a need of God. We sense that and we feel that drawing power of God. I'm telling you this morning, he draws people unto himself. Unto himself. He said he would do it. <laughs> I said he said he would do it. And guess what? He has done it. And he's still doing it. I said he's still doing it. Drawing people unto him. Because you and I would never go to him. If he did not draw us. Hallelujah. <laughs> Oh, my Lord, I've got to, I, I, there's so much more I could say, but I, 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 I'm going to go on to the next point of what he said. He said, if I'm lifted up on the cross, I will draw all men unto me. And listen to what he said in Matthew 16 and verse 18. He said to Peter, <laughs> he said, Peter, you're, you are Peter, and upon this rock of confession, that's what he means there, what did Peter say? Why would Jesus say that? Because he had asked, whom do men say that I am? And Peter was the one who said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus said to him, he said, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, Peter. But my father who is in heaven, listen, he said, I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail Against it. God's church consists of all those who have yielded to the drawing power of Christ 
and have come to him repenting of their sins. How many of you know exactly what I'm talking about? They found everything that they need in Christ. They found everlasting life. They are not trusting in their good works. We're trusting this morning not in our works, but we're trusting in the good work that Jesus did on the cross. Oh, it was a good day in my life when I realized that I'm saved and I'm going to be saved, not because I've been so faithful, not because I've been so true, but because Jesus has been so faithful to me. I said, you and I here this morning, not because we've been so faithful in our walk with him through the years, but we're here this morning still believing, still trusting because he's been faithful. Come on, somebody. Oh, yeah. This this organism, it's not an organization. It's an organism called the church. Hallelujah. We trust in what he's done. We're not trusting in our righteousness, but we're trusting in the righteousness of Christ. We're not relying on our faithfulness, but upon his faithfulness. Glory be to God. Listen, we have found out that Jesus did what he said he was going to do. We've sung it all this morning. Hallelujah. Listen, he said what he, what he was going to do when he sets us free from sin. He whom the Son sets free, he said, is free indeed. How many free folks we got in the house this morning? Hallelujah. Freedom. Listen, another thing I want to point out to you is this church that Jesus is building is a holy church. I said it reflects the holiness of Christ. I'm sick to death of people that are reflecting their own holiness. What they think they have. Oh, don't get me started. I said we've got to reflect the holiness of Christ. you know why? Because let's admit it to everybody this morning. You and I have no holiness in on our own. I said we have no holiness on our own. Oh, I, I could say more about that, but I've got to leave that alone or I'll never get done. The church is a holy church that reflects the holiness of Christ alone. Hallelujah. Those, listen, who are in Christ's church, we desire righteousness. We desire holiness above all things because we have been given a new heart and a new mind. We are new creations and he's given us a new name. <laughs> oh, are you listening? Did you hear what we sang about a while ago? Oh, yeah, a new heart, a new mind. Listen, we who are a part of this church, we are offended at the immoral behavior and attitudes of the world. And if you haven't realized it lately, let me shake you and remind you of something that he said to us that we are pilgrims, we are strangers, we are foreigners in this world. Oh, listen, our citizenship is in heaven. We are not citizens. Oh, come on, somebody. You know if I'm telling you the, the, the truth. And this is why we clash with the, the mindset of this world, a crooked and a perverse mindset of this world, my friend. Bible says that we are his own special people. We proclaim the praises of him who called us out of darkness 
into his marvelous light. And those that have found their home in the church, those folks face hell itself and find the strength to keep on going. I said they find the strength to just keep on going anyway. Hallelujah. Why? How, how, how did they have that kind of a mindset? Because they know that it is his church and he is building it in spite of hell's objections. In spite of hell's objections. You remember some years ago, Bill and Gloria Gaither, they wrote an awesome rendition of a, 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 a in, in the middle of this song, let the church be the church. We've settled the question. We've made our choice. I want to, to read just a portion of that, if, if, if I may, this morning. Listen, here's, here's what they said. God has always had a people. Many a foolish conqueror has made the mistake of thinking that because he had forced the church of Jesus Christ out of sight, he had stilled its voice, snuffed out its life. But God has always, always, always had a people. Men who could not be bought and women who were beyond purchase. There have been times of affluence and prosperity when the church's message has been nearly diluted into oblivion by those who sought to make it socially attractive, neatly organized, and financially profitable. Boy, I'm telling you, this was written years ago, but that, that statement is alive in this hour. It has been gold-plated, draped in purple, encrusted with jewels, misrepresented, ridiculed, lauded, and scorned. Oh, listen, those followers of Jesus Christ have been, according to the whim of the times, elevated as sacred leaders or martyred as heretics. Yet through it all, there marches on that powerful army of the meek, God's chosen people who cannot be bought, cannot be flattered, murdered, or stealed. On through the ages, they march God's church. God's church, His church alive and well. Let me tell you something this, this morning. There's still a church, a glorious church on this planet. I said there's a, still a glorious church on this planet. And it's going to be here until the Lord <laughs> steps out. I believe he's sitting on the edge of his seat. Maybe I should have sung what a, another Another song that I wrote many, many, many years ago. From the throne of glory, the father tells the son. I believe that son of God is sitting on the edge of his seat and he's looking at his father. And the father tells his son, go get my children. I don't know about you, but I think about it every single day. Listen, he said, it's my church. And he also told us that he was coming again. Who's he coming for? He's coming for you and me. Are you listening to me? Go get my children. It's time for me to call them home. Hallelujah. Anybody that's discerning at all, that's paying any attention to what's going on in our world. Are you aware, as I am, that it was just like somebody flipped a switch? And everything became so chaotic. 
Have you, have you noticed how it's just like, wow, when did this, how did this fall apart? When did this happen? And it was almost like a snap of the fingers. And the, I'm not just talking about what's going on in our country. It's all over the world. I can tell you it's signs of the time. We don't know when he's coming, but listen, our Savior made a promise. He said some things that he was going to do. He said, I'm going to draw people to myself. I'm going to save them. Uh, I'm going to put them in the church. I'm going to build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against my church. And to that church, he made a promise. He said, I will come again. I will. I'm telling you, he's on, it's on the horizon. You say, Brother Ron, I'll tell you why I can say such a thing. Look at how he's got such an excellent record of keeping his word. Yeah. He said, if I am crucified, I'll be alive again in three days. And he did what he said he was going to do. Oh, yes, he did. He said, I'll draw men unto me. He's doing that. I'll build my church. He's doing that. Oh, here's another thing. He said, I'm going to send you a comforter. He said, I'm going to send you a comforter. And on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Ghost, the comforter, arrived. Come on, somebody. Say amen. He did what he said he was going to do. And he said, I'm going to return. I will be back for my people. I will come again. Listen to what he said. I'm going to receive you unto myself that where I am, there you may be also. Listen back to Numbers 23 before we quit here. God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Has he said and shall he not do it? I'm telling you, he's going to do it, church. I said he's going to do it. He gave us his word, and he's got an excellent record of keeping his word. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Listen to what Paul said to the Thessalonian church. He said concerning this return of Jesus, we who are foreigners and strangers, he's coming back to get us. He said we're going to hear a trumpet blast, and he said we're going to hear a shout. <laughs> The Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Listen, we're going to be caught up onto the cloud with the Lord and those who have died before his rapture. Listen, there's a shout coming from the heavens. I said there's a shout coming from the heavens. The Lord's going to descend from heaven with a shout. But I recently I started thinking about that, and I thought, Lord, a, a shout! What in the world? What's 
what kind of shout is that going to be, Lord? What are you going to say in that shout? And it was like that quickly. There was something flip-flopped inside of me. And I said, you know, the Lord's going to, the heavens are going to be, there's going to be a shout from the heavens. But I believe there's going to be a shout that's going to come forth from the earth at least halfway up to the clouds as we realize the Lord's coming. He's right here. The shout of the Lord is going to be heard by everybody that's ready to go to meet the Lord. Instantly we'll be changed. We'll be caught up. I believe there's going to be a shout, I can tell you. I sense it in my spirit. What kind of a shout is it going to be? I don't know what Jesus is going to shout when he gets ready to come back for you and me. But you know what I just, I'm convinced of when you and I start rising up to the cloud, I believe there's going to shout, be a shout that emanates from deep within the heart of the church. And here's what I believe they're going to be saying. I believe they're going to shout, he did it. He did it. He said he was going to do it, and he's done it. Glory to God. Come on, lift your voice and magnify the Lord. Lift your hands and praise him this morning. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. <laughs> he did it. said he would do it and he's done it listen to me if you've never given your heart and life to Jesus let me tell you what he said he would do he'll give you a new heart it's what he said he'll do he'll wash your sins away he'll make you a new creation Oh, I love this. I love this. That word, a new creation. He's going to make something brand new, a brand new somebody out of you. And then it says this in that same verse. This is what he said he would do. Oh, hallelujah. A new creation. The old things are passed away. I like to tell people, because sometimes I've, I've been told by some folks, Pastor, you just don't understand my past, where I've come from. Oh, I care in one way, but in another way, I don't care. You know why? Because the past has been done away with. There is no past. You're a new creation. That new creation has no, oh, my Lord. Are you listening to me? New creation has no past. It's gone. And this morning, if you're here, you need Jesus more than you need anything. The one I'm talking about, he said he would save us. He listened, You know how he said it? He said anybody that comes to him, he would in no wise cast out. He would not throw them away. He would not. He won't do anything except save them. This morning, I just want to give you a quick opportunity before I turn this back to the pastor this morning. I just would like for you to let me pray for you right now. And in a minute, I'm going to give you an invitation. You can come to the front. You can pray right where you are. But just 
can reach out to Jesus and let him do in your life what he said he was going to do. Can we stand together, please? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you this morning for the privilege of being with your people, being with your church. I'm thankful, Lord, for everybody who has come into this building today. I don't know, Lord. I don't know who needed to hear that you have done what you said you would do. You are not a God that lies. You will redeem us. You will save us. You won't throw us away. Your word says, Lord, whosoever calls on the name of the Lord can be saved. Reach out and save them today, Lord. I praise you. I give you glory. In Jesus' name. Now, there may be some of you here today. You're wondering, where is it? What God promised you. You're waiting on him. Reach out to him in faith this day, Lord. Reach out in faith to him today. Stand firm and believe him for what he said he was going to do. Hallelujah. Father, touch and minister and move in this sanctuary today. Your presence. Saturate this atmosphere, Lord, today. Reach out and touch and minister to those who are in need today. Those who are wondering, Lord, if they can truly trust what you said you were going to do. Oh, oh God, reach down, minister to them in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah.